there, HR Happy Hour listeners. This is Sarah Morgan, host of the Inclusion Crusade here on the HR Happy Hour Network, coming to you with fantastic announcements and a great offer. With the help of Humoriso, I am hosting the 2023 HROI Summit from Wednesday, October 25th through Friday, October 27th. This event is virtual and 100% online. And because I love my HR Happy Hour Network family so much, I've created a special discount code just for you. Use the code HR Happy Hour when you check out and save $50 on any individual session and $200 on all three workshops. So go to events.humoriso.com slash HROI now to get signed up. I can't wait to see you there. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show. We have a great show today. We are talking all things HR tech. We're gearing up for the big event coming up in just a few short weeks. Trish Steed, what is happening? How are you today? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I am well. I am lamenting the end of summer, but excited about what's happening uh, this fall, Trish. Um, I... I can't believe summer's over though. I know you're definitely a summer person. I know you, you constantly love to be outside. Anytime we hop on a meeting, you're usually taking it outside. So yeah. What are you going to do in winter though? I mean, are you, are you ready for this? Are you ready for the big change? No, I'm not. I'm going to try to figure out how to get as far, as far South as possible. I did that last winter for a good chunk of the early part of the winter. I, I think I spent five or six weeks in Florida. I'm going to try and do something like that again, if I can work that out. But uh, just, you know, I thought it'd be fun. We're talking about like uh, HR tech coming up, kind of getting back into the swing of things. Let's also get back to something we used to do here on the show a lot, Trish, which is question of the day. You ready? And I, I'd surprise you. I'd try to stump you. Not so much stump I you, love it. surprise you. So yeah, stump me. That'd be even better. But so, yeah, no. So surprise. here it is, Trish. I was thinking about this. I'm I'm dialed into Big Brother right now. I'm a Big Brother fan. That's a summer staple in my repertoire. It's a good kind of mindless <laughs> kind of viewing experience, which I like. Trish, what's your go-to reality TV show? That's an easy one. It's always Survivor. I have been. I've watched every episode multiple times. I actually, it's funny on TikTok. Not too long ago, there was someone who said, "Like, what's your go-to show? Like, especially if you think you have like ADHD or something. There's something that's like comforting to you that you always put on." I literally will have Survivor, the Survivor channel, on twenty four seven if I could. Oh, so, I didn't know there yeah. was a whole channel devoted to. Yeah, Survivor. well, it's on. Uh, I know it's on Pluto TV, which is where I watch it. But I think like, you know, anytime there's that sort of free TV that comes with yeah. your TV, that channel, there's always the Survivor channel. So yeah, I, I kind of have that on. It's, they're like my coworkers because I don't have to like watch the show because I've seen them all, obviously at some point. But it's just sort of like that background noise. So yes, if you're ever um, working with me, whether it's remote or you're here in person, you're going to have your Survivor colleagues in the background. All right. I don't know if I even dread continuing the Survivor conversation. I'll I'll, I'll try. I'll <laughs> risk it, Trish. What's the what's your favorite season then of Survivor? If you go back through the the years of it, what's this? You know, oh my gosh! Is there one that tough... stands out? I well, don't know one that's my favorite. But okay, so I don't I don't think I have like an actual favorite season, but ones I enjoy rewatching are usually the uh, the blood versus water ones. Any any time where they 
take the the family members who think they're going to be playing together and split them apart. Mm. And then, you know, and honestly, it's funny because you said you're watching Big Brother. Sari from Survivor is one of the contestants and her son is in the house with her, right? So it is that sort of blood and water vibe. It's the rest of the house guests don't know it, but you know, it's and it becomes a problem. Like, are you loyal to your relative? Are you going to stand by each other no matter what, even if they play a stupid game? Or are you going to just go for the money yourself? So, yeah, I love that element. What's yours? China. Survivor season they did in China is absolutely my favorite one. So um, the, That's the one that's playing right now on Pluto. They, they kind of right. come on randomly and they'll do like a whole season. So I actually just watched part of China yesterday. That one, I don't, that's a really old one, actually, but yeah. they were in Shanghai. So I was, I was kind of enjoying it. I know. It. That's probably why I like it. All right. We'll ask our guest this. Maybe he cares about any of this. I don't know. He's waiting patiently. Let's welcome him back to the HR Happy Hour show, Trish. Uh, our guest is George LaRock. He's the founder at WorkTech, and he's the Innovation Summit Chair at this year's HR Technology Conference. George speaks frequently on trends impacting work, HR, and work tech. He also speaks to the vendor community about taking their technology to market. George, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great. It's so great to be here, Steve, Trish. Thanks for having me back. It's We're been a while. Yeah. How's your summer been? Um, it's been, uh, it's been a, a busy summer. Um, we sent one kid off to college and, uh, getting another one into their junior year of high school. So we're very college focused there too. And just, um, you know, we also found some time to relax and appreciate each other as a family and everything, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a busy, hot summer. Yeah. I also saw that your little one just had a birthday and I, I'm not yes. gonna say her age, but I just cannot even believe. I, anytime I picture your youngest, I picture her as like three. So yeah, it's, me too. <laughs> it's this weird thing where you watch, you know, your friends and colleagues' children grow up online, right? And um, yeah, it's just shocking. So yeah, her birthday picture, I was like, oh my goodness, I feel very old, or that I've been friends with you for a very long time, which is also true. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both true, and yeah, and they become their own little personalities and um and she's full of personality so yeah it was a it was a fun weekend uh with her and her friends so very thanks cool. for that yeah so you you mentioned that you've got one that you just sent off to college are you feeling any of that sort of kind of loneliness i mean i know you still have you know a couple at home still but that was one thing last year when i went through it i was just like shocked at how incredibly quiet the house was without my kids. Now again, my, both of mine went at the same time, but have, is there like a noticeable just difference in terms of just the vibes of the house? I have to imagine there would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything that, everything that you anticipate and read about and talk to everybody about it's um, and it's such a mixed bag, um, you know, being honest, you know, when they're teenagers at that age, um, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, struggle uh, around, you know, letting them go and independence and, um, you know, and then they leave and you're, you're so thrilled for them. And it's so and it's sad at the same time, but I don't know. Um, and it's everything all at once. And at home, yeah, we we 
you know, there's one less person. It's like setting the table for one less person. It's, um, you know, not, not ha- you know, we worry about her in different ways, but uh, not worrying about her at night, you know, like what, mm-hmm. you know, don't ask her what time she's coming home. It's <laughs> none of our business, you know? <laughs> it's, uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a big difference. And she was just home for the long weekend. Um, we didn't expect her, but um and uh she's at unc so she was getting over some of what happened there in the last couple of weeks and didn't want to be alone in her suite so she came home and then it was like saying goodbye all over again (laughs) bring her back to the airport because it was just a couple of weeks so yeah it's it's that's a really good question and and um yeah but overall just thrilled to see her spreading her wings and um you know going on wherever she's headed. I love that. Hey, before we get into the into the actual HR tech and work tech portion, I just had a, a follow-up question. You know, for those who may not have like followed it closely, I mean, UNC just had a shooting at the school. Just as a parent, I just love to hear your perspective because I'm sure you obviously got more information than kind of the rest of us. Just, I, I'd love to know just kind of how did the school handle that for you all? Did you feel like that you were informed and and that she's being supported as a student? How does that work when something tragic does happen and your child is away from you. Oh my God. It was, um, it was a nightmare. And for about the whole thing went for about three, three and a half hours. And um, it started with a text from her um, and it's the text you don't want to see. I'm sorry. No, take your time. I think that's what it's, it's important for other parents who have, you know, children either in college or, or getting ready to go away. And it's, it's just really valuable, you know? Yeah. And it, you yeah, know, it's not the, relate to you. Yeah. And it's not the first time I've talked about it and I still, you know, she's still here to talk about, and it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it wasn't the, the shooter who, you know, it was a target. It turned out to be a targeted thing, but you don't know that when the text comes, she didn't know it. And, and, um, and the, uh, so you're, you're looking for information. She doesn't have any, um, the, uh, it fairly quickly was on the cable news channels. Like, I mean, because of the way they responded with great force, um, it obviously caught a lot of attention and it was on the scanners. Um, we're watching the local news station in Raleigh, um, watching their live coverage and, but the way these things go, you know, the school is not law enforcement. And so they don't have that information and law enforcement isn't going to, they don't release information up to the minute. So you're just basically not knowing what is going on. Um, And just knowing that you continue to get texts and that she's okay. And she was locked down in her English class and Mm -hmm. um, they, she had to be silent and, um, and then uh, as it went on, you know, the news started to, you know, we started to understand that this was a, you know, I, I feel terrible for feeling, you know, okay, that it was, you know, that only one person died. I mean, nobody should be, all of it is bad. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a crazy time and um, she, she did okay. Um but it's a big spectrum. You know, a lot of kids were really upset and and st- they're still really upset about this and really scared. 
she mm-hmm. processed it in her way and um she feels good there the school reacted um i think they did a really good job they um the the 911 call went out and i remember seeing the timeline and within 2 minutes of the 911 call um they had uh, instituted the lockdown uh 2 wow. to 3 minutes after that basically all of the local law enforcement was had flooded onto the campus and was uh responding and uh, the FBI was there there were choppers i mean you you felt that um they were you know it was like flicking a switch and they knew what they needed to do um in the um i felt good that she was you know i was really happy she was a, you know buildings away from where where this happened and that they kept her locked down until the end of it and they knew it was clear uh before she came out and in the aftermath um a lot of mental health resources a lot of counseling a lot of um reinforcement that these things are available to the to the students and it was uh so um it's the unfortunately the world we live in now and um you know i'm uh all things considered uh you know, we're, we felt good with the way it was handled. And, um, but it was just, you know, you, you, when they go to college, um, I think the trans it's their freshman year. So the transition there, you feel like, okay, like you go through all these years of dropping them off everywhere. And that's always in the back of your mind as a parent in America. And you, and then they come home and then they go to college and I know these things happen at college and none of this is rational, but you feel like, okay, we put her at college now. And, and then you, when this happened, it was like, Oh boy, now it's really more like 24 <laughs> seven, like she's down there. Um, and I I've been processing that a little bit lately, like, okay. Um, I didn't put her in a safety bubble. I put her in a, and you know, she's out in the world, you know? And, um, yeah. So thanks for, thanks for asking that. Yeah, thanks for sharing, George, your your experience there, and glad she's okay. And sad, of course, that it happened. And uh, I guess we're sad to say it's fortunate it wasn't a lot worse, right? With these kinds yeah. of incidents, which is yeah. another story for maybe another show, Trish, we could do because these places, these incidents, right? Almost invariably, they're also workplaces, right? That's, I was just gonna say that, yeah. That's that college is a workplace, movie theaters, mm-hmm. schools. Um, shopping malls sometimes these things happen in right these are all places where people are working and it's it's a big big issue that yeah i hate i appreciate that but we do yeah i appreciate george's sharing especially that timeline because i think just as a person that's not as close to that story not knowing it sounds like i mean if they're locking down within two minutes from a workplace perspective that is that's phenomenal i don't even know and it was something i had never thought of both for my kids who are in school themselves um, or thinking of it as a workplace. So yeah, I think it's just a nice reminder, right? We have a lot of people listening who are in workplaces of all sizes and and in different industries. And it's something to think about right now, right? It's like, just make sure that you're safe and you're in, you know, what is the way you would handle something like this if this were to happen where you are or where your children are? Really, Let's really- pause for a second. George and Trish, because I do want to talk about HR Tech and the Innovation Summit and some of the things that are happening in the HR Tech market. Before we do that, I w- let's thank our friends at Paychex. Of course, this episode of the HR Happy Hour Show is sponsored by our friends at Paychex. 
one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. After years of being in survival mode in the global pandemic, HR leaders have been challenged to get back to business, ushering in the era of the dynamic workplace. In the seventh annual Pulse of HR report, you can learn how these leaders are optimizing the work experience, regardless of where it's getting done, addressing widening generational gaps, increasing productivity, not just for employees, but also for the HR leaders themselves. And you can visit paychecks.com slash A-W-I-A to check out that report today. And thanks to our friends at Paychecks and more to come with some cool stuff we're, we're doing with our friends at Paychecks. George, Innovation Summit, HR Tech's coming up. It's in less, uh, it's about a month from now as we record this. I'd love for you to share what, this is a new thing. You're a huge part of this. You're chairing it. Uh, maybe share a little bit about what's happening. Yeah, you scared summit. me there when you started to say less. And I thought, wait a minute, is it is it sooner than I thought? We still have a little time. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm really excited about the um, Innovation Summit. It's basically an investor forum. It's the only forum like this focused on HR technology and work tech. Um, it's, uh, you know, HR tech for decades has been the de facto biggest gathering of uh, investors uh, looking for the next thing in HR tech and work tech. And these are investors from small independent angel investors uh, to family offices, private equity firms, VC firms, the largest investment banks in the world, um, going over some of the um, attendee lists in the last couple of years. We're talking about you know hundreds of investors just knowing that they registered that way um, at the event. Um, and it's this ecosystem where all of these conversations happen in the hallways and in the bars and the restaurants and the the uh, the backs of the session rooms, um, and there's the, there's been this other thing happening at HR Tech, and now uh, what the um, uh, the powers that be at um, at HR Tech and HR Executive are investing in that ecosystem quite literally, and this pre conference is bringing. Um, startups and scale-ups and uh, hundreds of investors into the same place uh, to and 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 facilitating that with meetings and networking and content and uh, presentations from those uh, providers, those vendors, uh, so that um, they can make the most out of their time then at HR Tech as well as coming out of that uh, this forum. So I'm. I'm thrilled to be a part of it. it. It brings together so much of my world and and I'm, I'm really grateful that they they asked me to chair this and uh, I'm real I'm just really excited for it. I'm really excited that they're doing this with you, especially George because and I'd love you to elaborate on how long you've been sort of studying the market in this way. I mean, you are absolutely the person I've been looking to for over a decade for sort of this information on investments in HR technology, um, in these vendors, in sort of the emerging markets that, you know, have been growing over the last few years. Um, I looked back before the call, actually the first time I remember like taking notes from from you um, that I still look back to today is from 2015, so almost a decade. And I know I was following you even before that. So I'd love to kind of hear like how you got in interested in sort of this side of HR technology and how you plan to bring that experience 
to this this summit. Yeah, um, thanks for that. You're somebody that I follow. You both, both of you, but to hear you say that, you know, I really appreciate that. Um, I um, so I, I come from this world, right? So I, I I started as a practitioner and spent a little over a decade there. And while during that time, um, had uh, a what we call a consulting company, what would have been um, an RPO or HRO, a little one in the Boston area, and we worked with a lot of startups. We worked with a lot of this was the early '90s. We called them, you know, internet startups back then. And um, and one of those companies was the company that became Brass Ring, but they were called Higher Systems at the time. And uh, they brought me over to run all of their go-to-market, and that was my first jump onto the tech side. Um, and all of the companies that I worked with while I was, you know, leading tech providers or their go-to-market or general management were all. Um, startups or scale-ups, right? So I lived in that world um, and and helped them become market leaders. Like Brass Ring was a market leader way back in the day, and um, um, others have gone on to become, you know, part of uh, uh, part of um, UKG or part of uh, Jobvite or Employ or what have you. So help them grow. Um, then uh, as I shifted onto this sort of analyst and advisory side of the desk, um, I always, you know, had a, um, always kept an eye on, you know, what's emerging, right? And we're all looking at the trends. And I started as, as capital was starting to flow um, more aggressively into the space. And this is probably back like 2010, you know, 2011, I started to, you know, really focus on it. And then as we moved in through over the next couple of years, I started to see reports like the New York Times had a big, big article at one point about how much money was flowing in. I started to see these resources that everybody has access to, like CB Insights or Crunchbase start to talk about how much money was coming in. And every time I saw these reports, I would think I, I'm aware of so much more than what I think they're talking about. And um, and so I started to track it and it became really a labor of love at first. Um, but I validated pretty quickly, like, yeah, I, you know, it's not having the data that matters. It's, it's understanding it. And um, so I started to track it, sort of track all the growth capital coming in. And a lot of my time um, has been spent helping companies get, you know, from, uh, on the advisory side, get from, you know, startup to scale up or scale up to market leader or, you know, filling their gaps as a market leader. So I really, that's what I'm connecting the dots between, you know, what are the trends? What kind of capital is coming in at all stages? Um, what kind of um, acquisitions are, are being made and how does that impact the market? What, and so um, the, you know, HR tech and HR executive would over the years look to me for that, that kind of insight. So I, I mean, I was really honored when they came to me with this, but we've been talking about it for a couple of years um, on and off. Um, and so I was really thrilled when, um, you know, they, they decided to do it, but that's, that's how I came into it. It's just been, you know, it's been a uh, evolution and growing out of really where I came from. George, you're following the market so closely, both from, you know, in investment side and M&A side. I, I, is there one or two things that um, for HR people, HR leaders or just HR people who are listening to the show who maybe don't follow 
the ins and outs of these financial transactions, mm -hmm. right, uh, that closely because they've got other jobs to do, right? Um, is there something that they should be thinking about, looking at, right? Because I, you know, sometimes it could feel like some of the things we're talking about in, in some of the those backroom meetings or these meetings over the bar, et cetera, don't, you know, they they very tangentially impact organizations. So what's the through line to the normal kind of HR person on, on some of this stuff? I think there are, there are a couple. One is um I would say uh, that there is, a, let's say, a renaissance or there, there needs to be a little more of looking at your vendor's uh, solvency more critically, right? <laughs> looking at their stability, um, looking at them like an investor would look at them, you know, uh, what kind of cash do you have on hand? What kind of revenue are you generating what uh when was the last time you raised money um you know what 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 does the future look like for you um the now not all of these questions they may or may not be answered but there was a time i was there when if you were working for a startup you got asked this every day and you had to and if you were getting close especially with the larger enterprise deals uh, for larger enterprises, you, you had to have, you had to provide that you had to go under NDA and you had to deliver that. Um, I think right now it's the reason it's more critical than ever is um, given where the market is, given where the, the value of these companies has come back down to earth, many of them raised money with a valuation that was much higher than what they're actually worth today. So your this has been a long time coming, and I think it's about to really kick into high gear. You're about to see a lot of these startups and scale-ups, even generating millions per year in recurring revenue, um, either get acquired or turn the lights off because the investors do expect to get their, their money back. Right. So it's it's happening, right? It's, it's happening more slowly than we expected because we've been in this sort of prolonged, um, slow you know, recovery, if, if, if that's what you might call it, but, um, but you can only stretch dollars, you know, so far. And so I think you need to be aware of, of, as a buyer, as a user of technology, who you're investing in. And then the other thing I would, the, the other thing I would say is I look at, um, building your tech stack, like building and think of it like an investment portfolio. So based on both the technology that you're choosing, but also the profile of the vendors that you're working with, where am I taking the risk? You probably don't want to take a lot of risk on payroll. You probably <laughs> don't want to take a lot of risk on like your core platforms for maybe learning and uh, talent acquisition, but you might be willing to take a little bit of risk with point solutions or applications that you hang off that that do some interesting things on the desktop. But if they were to get acquired and then become less relevant or, you know, God forbid, not be, be available any longer, wouldn't disrupt my business um, as, as an HR leader. So I think that's the through line here, as well as, you know, just what's coming, what what's being worked on, what's emerging, what are the trends. Um, I think in HR, uh, we tend to be so focused on the uh, process, and that's really important. But if you look outside to like, you know, B2B or B2C tech of in any other way, there there's, there's more consideration for th this kind of ecosystem. And I think 
I think it's time, um, given how fast things are changing, that HR is is looking at this a little more closely. Thank you so much for giving those examples. As you just that last like three to four minutes, if I had known that when I was very junior in my HR career, that would have made like the next decade really easy. So <laughs> I, I appreciate that you're saying that now because I think that's something that. HR professionals did not always think about when we were buying technologies, we were looking at all of these other things, like you sort of alluded to more on the process of things versus financial solvency. And I loved how you're you sort of giving that analogy about taking risk and where to take it and maybe where not to take it. Because these decisions that you're making as an HR leader are going to impact your organization for decades to come potentially. So you really do need to take it seriously. And you know, I don't know that getting trained up, I was in a very large professional services firm, we weren't being told like, hey, approach this like an investor. So um, one thing that you do, I know on your your site, which is the number one and worktech.com is you do provide sort of these quarterly updates. Mm -hmm. I'd love if you could maybe talk a little bit about that and, and kind of a benefit to understanding HR technology, because it is something that HR professionals, we to Steve's point, we don't have time to do this every day, um, right. but right. it is something you could put on your calendar and do once a quarter to stay abreast of things. So could you maybe share a little bit about what they can find if they go out, out to your site? Yeah, and they'll, and they'll also find other uh, research as well that's about, you know, sort of what is work tech and what, uh, how is it categorized? What's the definition of it? Uh, so the what is emerging and soon they'll see who is work tech. So the map of the market. So it's more things that would align with their curiosity around, you know, uh, the, what technology fits best into, uh, for, for the future, right. For the, where I'm looking to really transform maybe in talent or core HR. Um, but that, that quarterly update does break everything down. Um, there's the, there's the headline, which is how much was raised and, and where it went, but it does go into category and subcategory, um, and it does highlight um, some of the more interesting um, uh, providers that uh, that received uh, capital. And it it also gives. I think it's a good barometer for um, you know the market uh, in general, if you if you will. Um, and so every quarter. Um, and a quarter does not a trend make, but we've been doing this now, um, putting these reports out for, uh, gosh, it's like six or seven years. And, um, a lot of, there's a lot of that, a lot of perspective based on how things have really gone since 2016, 2017. And the, um, so, so I think if you're in HR, you get a sense of, um, you know, you could almost align the trends and the capital with what you're seeing and what you can expect to see more of. George, thank you. I think that makes great sense. And I do appreciate your really laying it out there, like why this matters, right? And it's not just back office you know, smoky room deals and and things like that. The, these these deals and where this money flows to and acquisitions that get made they impact uh, they impact real organizations, right? If a, one of the big ERP type providers swoops in and acquires 
uh, a semi-big provider themselves, that has impact on organizations, right? Who are the customers of, of that company, right? They Those products may eventually get sunsetted or they may look different or they may get folded into that big platform. And uh, I was talking to, uh, we were doing the top products process over the summer, which has been announced, by the way, hopefully everybody caught the top products for HR this year. But we were, I was talking to one such scenario and I asked the provider, like, hey, is this, is this product going to go away, you know, and, and are you going to keep selling this to people who don't use everything else your company makes? And they were like, eh, they kind of hemmed in hot a little bit on it, but we'll see. So uh, they, these things do matter ultimately, even if it, you know, you, you might see a headline, oh, you know, XYZ company has raised $30 million and that may seem irrelevant to you, but longer term and these trends add up, right? And, and, and where the market's going uh is an indicator and, and it's something definitely you want to keep following. At least I think you do. And I think George, you made a great uh, case for why, uh, why people should be interested in this stuff. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. yeah I think so on the acquisitions, I mean, it, it's uh, that's, that's a very uh, tangible example. Um, the answer is always, yeah, nothing will change really the day the deal gets announced. Cause we, you know, everybody, like nobody, nobody leave, nobody go look at other vendors or it's all going to stay the same. And then, but somebody acquired somebody else and there's overlap in features, overlap in employees, overlap in some things. Um, and it wouldn't be a good business decision to just leave it alone. You you need to assimilate and you need to make the sum of the parts greater than the whole. And, and that means change. And that change may be good. And that change may, may be good, but not work for you. And so it's being aware of what those are. So when we look at a deal, that's sort of how we're looking at it, um, not just through, if it was just through the investor's lens or just through the the raising money lens, then I think um, that'd be one thing. But this this is this brings the practitioner's lens um, to the table as well. well. At least I do. Yeah. One yeah, of the cool I, things- I like that. I'm sorry. I, I was to say I like that. Not only are you thinking about this in terms of when you're in that initial buying process, but Yes, if something like an acquisition happens, maybe you're already with that provider and you're not planning on, you know, making a change, but culture can change within, you know, the company that's acquiring the one you're working with. There's all these other elements. And so that's just yet another reason to sort of follow, even if it is quarterly, what's going on, because it really does impact you, even if you're not planning on making that change, right? So sort of gives you that heads up. And I think also when you're thinking about money that these companies are taking in, you know, we always tell HR leaders, oh, ask about the roadmap, right? Well, those sorts of things really impact what what goes on the roadmap, what comes off the roadmap, and how what the pace of change within that vendor is going to be. So I think it's a lot of elements that that you're sort of providing information about that are absolutely critical for an HR leader to understand when they're thinking about you know, their entire tech stack. So, yeah. 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 Thanks. Um, I have a question for you, George. I know you've been to HR tech many, many times and mm -hmm. in all the iterations over the years, um, you know, other than obviously your summit uh, piece of it, what else are you looking forward to, right? If I've not been to HR tech before, what are some things you're like, these are some must see, must do sort of uh, elements? Well, um, on one hand, I think anybody who hasn't been to HR Tech there um, before, I think, you know, walking onto the exhibition floor uh, really brings it all home, right? Everything we just talked about, really. So you've got everything from startups, the newest startups, to 
the biggest brands in tech period that you've ever seen and and everything in between and it's it it can be a little overwhelming um but it's also uh, enlightening right you 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 get to walk the floor and uh meet these these you meet more vendors in one place more providers in one place if you're thinking about making a change there's no better place in the world to do it than um than hr tech it's just um you can initiate or carry forward so many questions. So there's that aspect of it. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, but and you know, I have to say that um, you know Steve programs a great show as well. Uh, so when you look at the agenda, um, I would challenge anyone to not find a session that aligns with what they're looking to learn more of, what they're looking to accomplish today, or what they're looking at in the future. Um, all the trends are considered, all all the all the today and all of the tomorrow, right? Like what what's working today and and where are things going? And personally, um, I had this moment where I was scrolling through the agenda and I was like, look at all the like it it's like it's our time. Like, look at all of these folks, like you scroll through and uh, Trish, you're there and um, uh, uh, Stasia and, and Donnie from Red Thread are there and uh, Mark Steltzner is there and Madeline Lorano and Tim Sackett and, um, you know, Mervyn Dinan and Matt Alder. Like it's it's a um, a lot of the f- names and faces that have been emerging in the last decade are suddenly driving, you know, major conversations um, at this event. And not that they haven't before, but it it really hit me like, wow, this is really, um, you know, uh, the next wave really taking the helm. And so I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of new voices that HR Tech brings along. And I think I, I'd be, make sure you go to those, some of those major sessions or all of them. And um, because those are the things that are really going to provoke you to, um, in your case, like, you know, Trish, I know yours is um, AI and the CHRO. I mean, that's going to challenge a lot of folks to think differently about, about how they consider that technology moving forward. So, yeah, yeah, I think those are, that's my long answer. Thank you. you, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, as someone who's attended many times uh, as both a buyer initially and in, in yeah. the early days of when I was going, and I definitely love your point about checking out all the vendors if you're buying because, you know, trying to do demos when you're sitting back in your office is really challenging. I've gone that route and to just get it all done in one fell swoop uh, at HR Tech was brilliant when I first did that. Um, I think too, thank you for also just mentioning all the different speakers that as you're naming off different people, I'm thinking these are people though, who, you know, they're doing a session at HR Tech and they're bringing, you know, 20 plus years of their expertise in being a practitioner in very different places in different ways. And so that's what I'm looking forward to as well is hearing, you know, these may be names you've heard of before, but they're going to bring something different to the conversation than you've heard in previous iterations of HR Tech even. So I'm pretty excited about that too. 
Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a fantastic event, George. You did a great commercial for it. Better than I could even do myself, probably. <laughs> but you will hear me doing some more commercials for for the conference. The uh, It's going to be a little bird is whispered in my ear that this could be, and it's quite likely to be the largest HR tech ever, like even going back to pre-pandemic. It's, it's likely to oh, wow. be the biggest one ever. So it's going to be super exciting. The conference event where you can learn more about the conference as well as the innovation summit that George is chairing is hrtechnologyconference.com. So you can certainly go there for all the conference information. You can go on my Twitter feed if you still use this Twitter thing. I that's another um, whole story. It's X now. Steve. If you're still if you're still on there, <laughs> I'm I'm I've got discount codes you can find, et cetera, et cetera. And George, I want you to just take a second, shout out your your work and how people can find you, connect with you. Uh, everything I do, you'll find at oneworktech.com. Um, the number one or the word one, they both go to the same place and oh, you're, uh, yeah. And, uh, so you can find me there. You can find me on LinkedIn and, uh, yeah, I'll be, obviously I'll be at HR tech. I'd love to connect with people there. Uh, and I've got a, an events list on the site. So anytime I'm, there's a webinar or I'll be at an event, um, there it's listed there. All right, George, really appreciate you taking some time with us and also sharing some of your story uh, and the story of uh, what happened at UNC and your daughter and how that uh, how that all went down. I uh, appreciate you for being so open uh, with us on that, too. So good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It's, it's yeah. uh, any time to talk to you two on the air or off. We will see well, you soon, George. It's been a while and uh, looking forward to that. We're back out on the road, Trish. You're going crazy traveling. I am as well. We're going to be doing some more videos from the road. We have one where I'm, I'm furiously trying to get uploaded now that we recorded out uh, out at, uh, with our friends at Paycom. We'll try to get that loaded in the next day or so. But uh, anyway, great to see George, Trish, good stuff. Get that HR tech presentation finished. Everybody's looking forward to that. Oh, goodness. Okay. Pressure's on. All right. Good stuff. Uh, thanks to our friends at Paychex, of course. Uh, and uh, you can catch all the show archives at hrhappyhour.net. I think that's it for now. Uh, for George the Rock, for Trish Steve, my name's Steve Bose. We will see you next time. And bye for now. Bye.